I'm Lorraine and I'm black. And I'm Sarah and I'm Jewish. And on this podcast, we go back to school to learn some basic black and Jewish stuff we should already know. And today we're getting learned up on black and Jewish board games. What does that even mean? Well, I'm delving into a board game from the 1970s called Blacks and Whites. And I'm talking about Secret Hitler from 2016. Let's get learned up. So this episode's about board games. Yeah, normally we don't fuck around. We no. don't play no games. No games on this we podcast. <laughs> We're playing a game that relates to Judaism in that it's about Hitler. It's called Secret Hitler. Yeah. This game came out in 2016. It's so weird that that's two years ago now, right? Wait, Secret Hitler came out in 2016? Uh-huh. Why does it look so retro? Well, that's the whole idea, Lorraine. It's a new game? It's designed to sort of mimic the aesthetic of World War II. I honestly thought that this was like from World War II. Like passed down. Yeah, I thought this was like from Ryan's Ryan's family. Ryan's grandfather. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Smuggled it out of fucking Germany. (laughs) It's so nice that they stole this from a Holocaust museum. (laughs) Wow. I didn't realize it was so new. It's so new. It's like, it's so new. And uh, it's so new that like... I don't know anyone who's played it. I was surprised to see that you had it, Ryan. I almost called you Lorian. <laughs> There's Lorraine and Lorian. When we face swap, we are Lorian. <laughs> Sounds like a constellation. Um, some of our, okay, so we're going to play this game, Secret Hitler, with some guests who are arriving. So just We have some friends coming over, guys. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We have some snacks from Whole Foods. And um, I can't wait to see what this game is actually about. As I understand it, it's um, sort of a mafia-like game in that you have a group of people, one of whom is secretly Hitler, and it's up to the rest of the group to figure out who that person is. Okay. Who is Hitler? Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. So we'll learn. We'll get into it. But um, Lorraine, you wanted to talk about a a black game? Yeah, I just wanted to shoehorn in a little (laughs) history about it. That we're not going to follow up with any sort of... No, we're not. I'm yeah. just going to tell you about it. I I seriously thought that Secret Hitler was like World War II era. So like this seemed appropriate. There's this board game called Blacks and Whites uh, that was designed by a guy named Robert Summer and a woman named Judy Tart. They made this in um, kind of in collaboration with Psychology Today magazine. So this was originally published as a, a free game insert with like a paperboard unmounted cards and you had to like cut them out wait so it would come with other games like if you open monopoly it's like a bonus no, no no this this game like in full this board game was an insert in psychology today magazine oh so you pull you rip oh, it out cool and this was in the march issue of 1970 of psychology today and so it was this like socially conscious game that was sort of supposed to give like a, a stress-free, like harm-free way for white folks to experience um, in racial inequity. Yeah. Um. So like, how does it start? It's like you either are a white person or a black person. Whites start out as the majority with $1 million to spend and they are able to buy property um, anywhere. And blacks start out as the minority with only $10,000 to spend, and they are unable to buy certain properties. <laughs> so, And they also have to draw from a separate chance deck 
And they're also banned from purchasing property in the suburban zone. They collect less money for completing a lap around the board. Stuff like that. So this is designed um, as a positive, like, educational tool yeah. to teach people, probably mostly non-black people, right. what it's like in America to be black. Exactly. It's like a sociology experiment, yeah. thought experiment kind of a thing. Did you already say what year it was? Um, this was 1970. Yes. Okay, great. And um, the, this, it was pretty short-lived, but other titles of this game include The Cities Game, involving urban tension, corruption, and the undercurrents of city politics. And there's another version of this called Woman and Man. So it's like you can either be a woman or a man. And it's mm-hmm. a similar thing. Um, and it was based on Monopoly, which uh, big old Monopoly fans out there will know. It was originally called The Landlord's Game. And it was designed to demonstrate how the current economic system led to in- inequality and bankruptcy. And the Milton brand, Bradley, scooped the idea, stole it really, like repurposed the idea, made Monopoly. And the woman who designed the landlord's game did not see a dime. By the way, I don't know if anyone playing Monopoly has ever been like, wow, this really teaches me how fucked up the economy is. And like, no, it's just a fun game. Yeah, it's just a fun. It's just a fun game where you get to be a little thimble or hat or a little choo-choo train Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. I love Monopoly. Not going to lie. It's fun. So fun. But it's it Um, is too long. It does. Yeah. It goes on a bit. It's rare that I've finished a Monopoly game. Sure. Um, but yeah, Blacks and Whites, I, I couldn't, you know, get my hands on a copy, but <laughs> I'll keep trying because who knows? Maybe it's out there. Jerk Martin, send us a, Jerk Martin. a copy. <laughs> Shout out to Jerk Martin, our number one fan. For real, though. Jerk Martin, if you're listening, and I know you are, we so appreciate you. Keep keep the likes coming. Jerk Martin, thank you for everything. We love you so much. You're, we do this for you. Yeah, we do this for you. We honestly do. Like when we're going into record, I'm like, well. At least Jerk Martin's going to listen. Yeah. Right? What if he doesn't listen to this one? What if he just thinks we're hot and he doesn't listen to our podcast? That's fine. <laughs> Again, life as a woman. Life as a woman. The deck, deck is, the deck is stacked the, against us. The right? is stacked. The dock, the dock is stacked, <laughs> butch. And with that, let's pause to play Secret Hitler. Yes! So, Secret Hitler is all about uh, basically running a government and not knowing who Hitler or the fascists are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're going to be sort of ending up split up into two teams. Uh, most of us will end up as liberals, and our goal is to make our liberal agenda uh, actually get through uh, and, and basically pass a bunch of liberal laws uh, without the fascists and Hitlers uh, actually filling up the fascist board. Um, once they pass enough fascist laws, then we become Nazi Germany and everything gets fucked up. Uh, the liberals, uh, or the fascists will win if they do that. The liberals will win if Hitler dies, or uh, if we can assassinate Hitler, uh, or if we can identify who Hitler is. Um, so what happens is we'll pass, there's more fascist cards than liberal cards in our policy cards. Um, and so every turn, we'll make one person the uh, president, or the chancellor, sorry, and then, or no, sorry, one person becomes the, the president, the president will appoint a chancellor. Uh, that chancellor is the person that makes, the, basically, the, the, will decide the law that's put down on the board. Um, 
So the president uh, goes around in a circle, so there's no, like, real, like, choice. Uh, but what happens is, so, like, let's say I start out as president. I'll appoint someone. There's only one president. There's one president and one chancellor. From each team or from, from total? Just total. Okay. We don't know who the liberals or the fascists are. Uh, but the everything person is secret. who knows, does the person who is Hitler know that yes. they're Hitler? So the fascists and Hitler will know who everybody the, is. Oh, okay. But oh the uh, <laughs> the liberals won't know. And okay. so let's say we start the game, and we'll and we'll have a I have a, a cool little app that has Will Huyten, who will tell us exactly how to uh, figure that part of the process cool. out: who's fascist and who's li- uh, oh liberal. Um, so let's say I begin as president. Whoa. That's a, I have not met you before, and I do not like you. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> okay. So, Enemies will be made. So, <laughs> Good thing I, that ambulance is here. So, so uh, what do I do? So you're going to give I, two I give... to me and one to the discard. No emotion. Money. No emotion. <clears throat> is this the discard? Yeah. yeah. Two there. Yes. One, one there. One there. One there. Sorry. Two to me. I will then look at these two. Thank you, I was right. Now, I was given two fascist cards. Is that true? That yeah. is not necessarily true. <laughs> what? Not necessarily what? true? Ooh. What game are you trying to play? Oh, so this is this what I was telling you. There are, now there this are more. This is very interesting. Now this is also interesting because she could have lied and say, yes, I gave him two fascist cards because I was given three. And then we would have been like, okay, maybe there's some truth to this. But now there's a discontention. Because you can either trust me, or you can well, trust we one Lorraine. Of them is <laughs> one of or, us just has to be a fascist. Or, because um, I got two fascist cards. <laughs> I'm so and Lorraine could have said, if Lorraine was a fascist pretending to be a liberal, she could have said, I got three fascist cards, yes. so I had to give Ryan two, yeah. right. two fascist now, cards. Now, here's the thing that people didn't explain about this game. <laughs> yeah. That, that, out that there the needed to be a script that we follow, <laughs> that there were lines to memorize. Steven and Ryan were the fascists. Nothing, there was nothing I could do. I don't believe wow. it. And he, give, he gave me two fascist cards, so I had to play one. I am still a liberal. You get to so assassinate someone. Wait, hold on a second. Correctly. I get to assassinate someone. Yeah. Uh, the president uh, must kill a player. Everybody sit in Now, if he moment. kills Hitler, is the game over? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Who's killing someone? I'm killing He's someone. Steven gets to kill Hitler. <laughs> I hope you guys. What? <laughs> say what you're gonna say, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, Lauren. I just want you guys to like sit in this moment, okay? Because I could have done the right thing. I could have picked someone that like, Please like, kill like, Lorraine. like, like I, like Please. I tried. <laughs> right out, Lorraine. Even if you had gotten Sarah, you still would have drawn three fascist cards. Sarah would have had to put down one of the fascist policies because that's what they were. Not if I, not if I didn't Unless shuffle I'm the lying, tiles. Which I'm not if I didn't shuffle, I shuffled the tiles. I could have shuffled the tiles to make it fair and good for <laughs> democracy. Yeah. Okay. Look, the the thing is, I'm the one who gets to murder someone right now, yeah. and uh, gets or has to gets. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because I feel 
I'm gonna kill Ryan. Me? That's yeah. the right move. Why are you killing me? <laughs> because you're not you're you're not being consistent. You're probably in who you Hitler, think the, Ryan. The the fascists are. Uh, you're. Uh, I'm gonna. Can, can I just say something real quick? Cause like I don't know if you. That's like final answer or whatever. But like. <laughs> I was getting His a thrill. Still in the I was getting a thrill out of you guys like hating me, and I was like psyched to be killed. But <laughs> but if you didn't want, because uh, I mean, however, Lorraine's playing. Lorraine's playing the game. If Lorraine's a fascist, she's playing the game really well. If she's a liberal, she's pay- playing it really poorly. And honestly, I can't choose. I can't choose. I can't see. I have a pretty. I have a. I, I so even though I was not the last one to put a fascist law on the I, board, yeah, don't forget I who was, was part of that. Yeah, you were, and I know what I gave her. And you also I just know. Want everyone Ryan, know. You're dead. You Ryan's dead. Ryan's everyone dead. Know a fascist has just killed Hitler. That's oh, right. Hitler. Whoa. Duh. Wait, 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 wait. I need to guess who everyone is. I know who everyone is. So the Ryan's the other fascist. Yeah. So we just played Secret Hitler, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like it. Oh, yeah. You, you probably loved it. I mean, I felt, like, nervous the whole time. Oh, really? Because you came across as um, very manipulative, and um, I don't trust you anymore. But, Sarah, doesn't don't you find comfort in knowing that I'm a bad fascist? I would be a bad fascist. Yeah, but I find... L- yeah. I find um, no comfort in knowing that you are a good liar. Ooh. You're a very good liar. And people wouldn't... Look at Lorraine. Lorraine is wearing a little bow on her head (laughs) and a little braid and looks like, I'm just a nice, like, comedy fairy. Don't tell them. Don't tell them my truth that I am am behind these eyes. I'm a a cold, cold hearted liar. You're a freaking fascist. (laughs) Lorraine did this amazing fake out where she just pretended to like be like, I don't know how to play this game. (laughs) Am I doing it right? And I was like, oh, you must be a liberal. So there's a bunch of liberals. There's a couple fascists, one of whom is Hitler. And Every, it's up to everyone who's not the fascist to figure out who is Hitler and and um, stop Hitler before the fascist government, before there have been enough like fascist policies, policies passed. It's like, it's like, okay. But that's not how it works. Yeah, because it's like, okay, we're all playing the game. Some of us are fascist and Hitler. Yes. Um. They're playing the game, too. So it's not like the point of the game is to stop Hitler. Right. They're, the point of their game is to win the yeah. government. It, yeah. To, like, take Win over. Yeah. Like, have a fascist regime. Yeah. Like, do the, do the damn thing. So the point of the game isn't to stop Hitler. The point of the game is to see which of your friends are cold-hearted liars. Right. Well, I think that's kind of the sub-game, but I think overall it's like... uh. I do think liberals have one agenda, which is to, like, make sure that a liberal government comes to being, right? And that enough, mm-hmm. like, laws are passed on the good side right? where we win. Okay, okay. So I think that the objective of the game is, like, whatever your regime is, mm-hmm. take all. This is why this game is not a success. We are spending too much time discussing, asking, really, what is the point of this game? And the fact that we don't just know 
I think this game is both too simplistic and too complicated. I agree. You know, this is not how government works, to my knowledge. Because, like, Ryan did his best to explain it to us. And the whole... He did his best. And sometimes <laughs> your best is not someone else's best. <laughs> oh, wait. What are you saying? Now, what are what's your game, Sarah? Ryan explained this game well. Oh my god, I disagree. Um, oh my god, counterpoint. Okay, sure. He was so patient with us because we had so many questions. Why did we have so many questions? Because the game is complicated. Yeah, he did great. There must be a manual that we just could have read. Yeah, maybe. I'm also like <laughs> sorry, now that, Ryan. Now that we're talking about it, I want to look it up and see like secret. See what you can find out on Secret Hitler. Secret Hitler. I hate games Objective. that I'm bad at. So therefore, this game sucks. Um, wait, but there was a lot that was good about this game, like all of the, the like acting and the conversations mm-hmm. and like the outbursts. Yes. Like Stephen had an outburst that I loved, where he at one point said like, um, I. At this table, I am the most trustworthy person at this table. Like, I'm the only person at this table you can all trust, which was true, but that's something that liars say. Well, how do, what do you mean it was true? Because up to that point, he had, based on his actions alone, he was the one that was most likely to be liberal and to be fighting for the liberal agenda. See, that's Everything what made me think he was not liberal because it was like, me thinks thou dost protest too much. Like, why are you talking so much, right. dude? He freaked out. Stop and, talking. And the, that's what made it fun for me to see because I was like, oh my God, Stephen is not, he understands that no matter what he says right now, no one has to believe him, but he so desperately wants to be believed. And I saw him like flare up like that and I played with it. Yeah. I was like, Look at him. His face is turning red. Does that look like a calm, cool headed, like cool, collected liberal that you guys want to be chancellor again? I don't think You're so. You're such a shark. Uh, <laughs> I think this game is kind of trash. I also think it's a missed opportunity. It's called Secret Hitler. There are no lessons about history in here. No. It's yeah. really incidental. It could be secret Mussolini. It could yeah. be secret um uh fucking Libyan dictator guy. Right. You know, you're absolutely right. I guess they kind of maybe they like had a bunch of focus groups and they were like, we all know what Hitler did specifically. We know his thing textbook style. But isn't it just kind of using it for sort of shock value, like kind of cards against humanity style? It's like, yeah. what's the what's the most taboo thing we can It's taboo. Think of? It's taboo and it's like a household name. Yes. It's like everyone knows Hitler's famous. Hitler's like a catch-all for yeah. bad guy. So Hitler's like ketchup. It's Hitler's just like ketchup. He's in every home. Yes. And his essence is mass produced not constantly. There's nothing useful. There's really nothing useful. So here. if you're looking to um uh learn something or be uh you know understand history or government, this is not the game for you. If you're looking to feel deceived and betrayed by your friends, um, while having some good snacks, this is a game for you. Yeah, and if you want to turn at, you know, if you want to try your hand at deceiving your friends, <laughs> it's kind of you're fun. practicing to be a spy. It was really fun. Uh, oh, but yeah. I will say, like, when you open your eyes and you see who your team is, like, you open your eyes and you're like, oh shit, like I'm a fascist, and I that's my buddy. I I got scared. You did. I got so scared. I was like, oh my god. It's like okay, it's me and Ryan. Like we're in this together like I hope that I don't screw this up I don't want to let him down and when he first like turned on me well he didn't really turn on me he was just being like he was trying to throw off the scent that we were partners and I was so shocked I was not ready for it 
at all. Yeah. I had no idea what to say or do. And I just bailed. I was like, okay, I, I'm going to, this is my character now for the game. I am a fool who doesn't understand what's going on. And I'm going to treat him like I don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> so many letters. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, did you know that there was an anti-Semitic game in Germany in the 30s called Juden Raus, which means Jews out. And the point of it is there's a bunch of little like Jewish pieces on the board and the players are trying to get the Jews out of their village. That sounds like something <laughs> that Sasha Baron Cohen would make up. I know. That's it, hilarious. I know. But it's not funny. But it, right. it's absurd. Yeah. It is kind of. It's just. <sighs> Racism and anti-Semitism are fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It continues to blow my mind every day. It's actually crazy. How much thought had to go into making this board game and crafting the little mm-hmm. tiny pieces so that German families everywhere would have a nice nice little dinner game to, to play? Yeah, and imagine explaining this stuff to your little children. Oh, and you gather them round. You <laughs> oh, say, oh, gather a Hansel round. And, and a Heidel. <laughs> oh, yeah, come into the kitchen. Mommy wants to teach you something. Come into the garden, kinders. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, racism is really weird. Anti-Semitism is really weird. Um, I sometimes imagine, like, what if, what if, like, breeds of dogs all looked at each other and decided, like, we don't like German shepherds. Mm-hmm. We hate them. They're gross. They're dumb. They're lazy. They don't get to be our friends. And all the dogs just, like, grouped up and, like, you know, pointed their paws at them. Like, yeah. you're bad. Mm-hmm. Out, German shepherds. Out. It would look dumb. Why? Because they're all dogs. <laughs> They're all the same. Whatever. They're German Shepherds need boat. to get their comeuppance because they were <laughs> they were bad in, in the Holocaust. German Shepherds were? Yeah, they were used by the Nazis to like hunt out Jews and like find where they were hiding. I still don't understand how you can train a dog to smell Jews. And I don't want to know what, how, I, how that's possible. I don't understand this either. This actually would be, I know this sounds so ridiculous, but this is something that I actually do want to research. Because like, you know how dogs can be racist. They can be racist. You can teach a dog to be racist. Yeah. How? Why? How? What's that like? What's the training process of that like? Yeah. This is not funny, but it might make people laugh. I don't know. Um, There was a girl that I was friends with in high school, and her family lived in a really white neighborhood out in the suburbs, and their dog, I guess, had never seen a black person before, and anytime I came over, the dog would bite and and bark like a lot and be crazy, and they thought it was so funny, and they were like, oh my God, I guess we have to put our dog in the crate because Lorraine is here and they thought it was hilarious they would like I don't know they would like set me up too they'd be like bring Lorraine in was the dog vicious to you yeah I mean it was really weird it was it was a very uncomfortable situation for me yeah and I and I I was like yeah I was like 17 or something and was like chuckling like this is racist (laughs) (laughs) I'm like this is scary and racist what's wrong with you humans (laughs) But I never, but yeah, I didn't understand how a dog could be like in fear of another person that's just like their owners. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know. I want to look it up. Especially because I don't think dogs can see color, right? That's a crazy thing I just said that I don't think is true. They are sort of colorblind. Ryan knows. Yeah. (laughs) Just look to Ryan for all things. Yeah, Ryan. books, uh, dogs. Yeah, dogs, science things. Yeah, science (laughs) things. Secret Hitler, explaining board games. 
all the things Ryan is very good at. I mean, I know that we were like dogging Secret Hitler, but like I will, I want to play again. I, I want to be good at it. I'm gonna go train in secret and then come back and yeah. best you all. You'll be the secret, secret Hitler. <laughs> secret, secret. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just more people, more people, because that would make it a lot harder. I think. Yeah, I was already like underwater. I couldn't <laughs> believe how hard it was, and there were only six of us. I was doing stupid shit, like pointing to the quiet people and being like, "Those quiet people can't be trusted." What's what's going on in his mind? Pointing to my boyfriend. I know. You never know. You were, totally worked me over. I was like, "You're right. There's something real fishy about Rich." Megan got up to get herself some water, and I was like, "You were like, ooh, interesting anyone, time to be doing that." Anyone notice that just when things started to get a little bit difficult for the fascists, Megan left the room? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that's board games. We did we adequately adequately talk about um that race game from the 70s i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think that we did but but i mean i i have nothing left to add i guess if anyone's interested you should google blacks and whites board game to read about it oh you know what there was one last little anecdote that i wanted to share with you guys so originally this game blacks and whites you like the way it was originally designed by the like academic professor who who designed it there was no way to win the game if you were like dealt in as one of the blacks you just like couldn't win but then psychology today like partnered with a game making company or something like that and they repackaged it in a way that would make it more fun <laughs> for they black were, people to play yeah for, well actually no it's for white people to play because if you if you or whoever oh yeah because it's teaching non-blacks about how hard it is to be black yeah yeah and i just said white people any people right. anyone who plays this game if you happen to be on the side of the board where you're one of the blacks like the black pieces they made it more fun so like there were a couple different ways that you could win and like subvert the system and start a revolution or something yeah i like all of it it all sounds fun I will do my best to get my hands on this game just to check it out. Mm-hmm. And since I like brought it up on the podcast, why not? Well, I think it's a good when you first told me what it like when you first were like, I'm going to like look at this game called Blacks and Whites. It's from like 1970. I was like, that can only be horribly racist. <laughs> but it actually sounds like, I mean, a kind of primitive and overly simplistic sort of tool, but like good intentions. And I don't know cool that it's like discussing disparity in our country yeah i mean it's it's fun when you think about like the context for this game like all of these cool black people are like graduating from college you know and from like black people are starting to go to colleges with white people at this point so they're learning new things about racism that they didn't learn before it's now popular to talk about it on like a public stage so there are lots of things like this and they're like the black exploitation films and then like parodies of them and like we kind of talked about on Sanford and son the like relationship between Sanford and his son like the son is like a stuffy academic like be serious pop like we need to be taken seriously and and the grandfather or no sorry the dad is all like irreverent and joking around and being like loosen up yeah, I, I feel like this board game came out of that camp of like, we are educated and we are going to be like sort of tongue in cheek in making a board game. And I like that stuff. Basically, this reminds me of my dad. I feel like my dad and his friends would be like, ha, blacks and whites. Let's all gather around the coffee table. Evelyn, you're be a black. I'll be a white. I don't know. It's like just sounds cute and fun. Yeah. Um. There. I wonder if there are other games like that that are more like intersectional that are like, if you are a black 
woman who's mm. disabled, like that's even yeah. harder. Like if there are different sort of things that tackle that. Yeah, I feel like there I are know. a lot of um like social experiments that people like to do. Like they'll like I, I there was a video going around of people kind of standing all in a line and it's like okay if you're this take a step forward if you're that take a step back mm-hmm. take two steps forward if this yeah you know and yeah like, where did I do that that sounds familiar it's like I don't know it's like upworthy sounding or like buzzfeedy <laughs> yeah but I also feel like I did it in some camp or something oh, cool I don't know interesting anyway we we're such flip-floppers Ryan called us out like we don't know how we feel about secret Hitler we let's just admit it now I guess I guess you're right we only one way to find out. We should just play, play it every day for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So on a future app very soon, we will be talking about black and Jewish communities in Los Angeles, where we both live and have lived for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I think we both feel some guilt about I'll speak for myself I feel like there's tons to know about Jews in LA and I don't even know I mean when I think about Jews coming to America I never think about them making it to California like when did that happen how did how did we infiltrate what businesses were we drawn to was it like a gold rush thing like what's happening with Jews in LA um so I would like to tease this episode by just um asking Lorraine a quick L.A. slash black related question mm-hmm. and see if she knows the answer. I probably won't. She probably won't. And then she won't be able to call herself a uh, an Angelino. No. Or a black person. No. A Blangelino. A Blangelino. <laughs> All right. Sounds like Brangelina. Yeah, it does. But OK, let's let's okay. put my Blangelino card to the test. OK, Lorraine, there's a stretch of one of the main L.A. highways that is known as the Rosa Parks Freeway. Oh. On which highway is the Rosa Parks Freeway? Hmm. Well, if I were this city planner (laughs) or whatever, and I decided that I was going to name one of these highways the Rosa Parks Freeway, I would probably pick the 110. Ooh, so close. It's I-10 West. Just the 10. Oh, that was going to be my second choice. Yeah. You you almost got it. I mean, the uh, 110 and the 10, they, I don't know. They come together. They come together. They come together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there it goes. Bye-bye. Well, I'm watching my Blangelino <laughs> card just fly right out the window. Maybe I'll get it back after I do my homework for Learned Up. I want to ask I want to okay. ask you Ooh, a yeah, question. Pull something. Um, how many years has Cantor's Deli existed in LA? <gasps> At least 70. Yeah, seventy in a in a couple days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sarah gets to keep her Giangelino. My Giangelino, Giangelino, Giangelino. Do you wanna come to LA? Do you wanna do you wanna live in LA? Do you wanna do you wanna go to Temple? Do you wanna check out Langer's Deli, which I've never place I've ever been? Yes, yes, yes. Cool guys. So yeah, tune in in I don't know a couple apps to to dig into some LA. History, history. Hee <laughs> hee, see you there. Jubus and black boos in the building. Jubus and black boos. I am embarrassed of mine because 
of a learned up related reason. Ooh. I have I don't know what this person's music sounds like, but I love seeing his face around in so many places and I know he's important. And the little bit that I've checked out on Wikipedia tells me that I think I would really like him. What you know about Toro y Moi? Oh, nothing. It's that right? band that everyone at Vassar was like, oh, I love. And it's like, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, what how do you is pronounce it? it? Who? It's a guy. It's like Sigur Ross. Is that even how you say it? Sigur Ross? Sigur Ross? I don't know. So this guy, his name is Chaz Bear. He, and he was born Chazwick Bradley Bundick. <laughs> Chazwick Bundick? <laughs> He's a singer, songwriter, record producer. He is kind of like part, he's partly uh, responsible for the chill wave movement that kind of came into prominence around 2010, 2011, if you're familiar. I don't know. What else is, what else is part of that chill wave? Oh, don't ask me that. You Google it. Okay. Um, (laughs) But oh yeah, sure. Washed out. Neon Indian. Yeah. Um, You know. Yeah. Like the opening to Portlandia. Yes. That's very chill wave. Yes. Think like, do you like Delicate Steve? I feel like that, I don't know what that is. Let me send you a link. Okay. He's like from New Jersey or something. Um, him. Another thing. I feel like Tame Impala kind of falls in this category. Yeah, but it's a little but more like di- that's different. Folky sort of psychedelic. Yeah, pop, yeah, rock. that's adjacent. Yeah, so it is adjacent though. Pretend I didn't say that though. Um, anyway, he's cool. Like he's a he's a person that everyone agrees is cool. And I see him around and Eric Andre like posted a selfie of the two of them together like on Instagram. And I was like, I'm a loser. I need to know this guy. He's cool. And he's half Filipino and half black. And I like that. Cool. What is Toro y moi? Toro is Spanish for bull. bull, Right. And then e is Spanish for and. And then moi is French. This is why it's hard. It's just a hard name. It is a hard name. My jibu is fucking Dory Greenspan, the amazing baker from New York City. (laughs) <laughs> who makes amazing cookies okay that's my whole jubu Hala, Hala. i don't you know you can't assume that she makes holla just because she's jewish and oh, she's i'm so here. sorry I, I'm, she probably does though because she's amazing and she can do anything um she used to have this little stand in the essex street market where i used to, i didn't used to live there but i lived very close um i don't know why that thought was very funny to me i just like <laughs> had a little sleeping bag in her stall but um it was called burr and sell which means butter and salt. Yum. And um, she made just fucking amazing little cookies. They were, they made great gifts. I would send them to my mom sometimes, my aunt. Um, and sometimes I would be like, yeah, I'm going to, um, I would like a couple bags that I'm going to mail as a present. And then I would just eat them. Ooh. Whatever. Cookies are great. Jubus and black booze. Now's the time in the podcast where I read a, a glowing review. Is there any other kind? <laughs> no, but really, don't write a review if you're not going to... Make it glow. Yeah, make it glow. Let your review glow. Cool. So this review is by Nikki Z. <laughs> this, hi, Nikki. Hi, Thank Nikki. you. She says, or he... This podcast is excellent. The hosts are funny and quick-witted and have a great rapport with one another. The subject of each episode is super interesting and presented in a dynamic way. Can't wait to hear more! Two exclamation points. Five stars. Oh my god, yes. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you, gal or guy. Yes. Thank you, person. You know, we don't always... We're not always quick. And we're not always funny, but we do our best. We really do our best. We put, as my grandma would say, 
we put our foot in it. Ooh, I like that. Like as opposed to putting your back in it. Well, uh, yeah, into it. I, it's like it's like blood, sweat, and tears. Oh. It's that kind of thing. Putting your foot in it. Ooh, that like makes me. That makes me think of like a foot getting caught in like a. Oh no! Like a one of those tree. The, the machine from Fargo. Ah! <laughs> no. No. Yeah. If you like, if you like, made a casserole or something that she really enjoyed, she'd be like, Mm-mm-mm, Sarah, you really put your foot in it. Ooh. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Nikki. Thanks for yeah. listening. Everybody be cool like Nikki. Rate, review, subscribe, dog. Please. And follow us on all the social medias. We're at Learned Up Podcast. And um, I don't know, tell your friends about us. Uh, thank you to What's a Creative, our great podcast network, and yes. to Ryan Counts House, our producer. Double yes. Gotta gotta thank my brother, Adam Isaacson, for the tunes, as always. Triple yes. And thank you, Lorraine, for another great, uh, if slightly off-the-rails episode. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>Hi, this is Michael. In an RPG like Dungeons & Dragons, you would roleplay as like a knight or a wizard. But on my podcast, Unaccompanied Minors, I get four of the funniest comedians I know to roleplay characters like Ava Santos, a 12-year-old who likes to knit, or Angela Thurman, an 11-year-old who has an orange belt in karate. They take on dragons, we take on the seventh grade. That's Unaccompanied Minors on What's a Creative.